This podcast is brought to you by the Dunfield Retirement Residence, a casually elegant retirement community located at Young and Eglinton in the heart of Midtown Toronto. Customized living options complement your independent, active lifestyle. Learn more at thedunfield.com. We are calling here today for the immediate and unconditional release of all our hostages held in Gaza. Bring them home! Bring them home! Bring them home! Bring them home! That's some of what it sounded like in Ottawa on Monday, as Israel's ambassador to Canada, Ido Moed, addressed an estimated 20,000 people mostly Jews, gathered on Parliament Hill for a demonstration dubbed Canada's Rally for the Jewish people. If the organizers have their numbers right, it would make it by far the largest Canadian-Jewish solidarity event since the October 7th Hamas attack. It could have been an even bigger crowd, but some Toronto guests were left stranded in a parking lot of Thornhill Shopping Centre because the hired transportation didn't turn up. Organizers from Toronto's Jewish Federation blame the no-show bus company for anti-Semitism, but we haven't been able to confirm this. Federation did get many of the 900 stranded people to Ottawa eventually, but not all. Despite that hiccup, the rally went ahead, although participants braved a minus four Celsius wind chill and a dumping of snow that snarled traffic in the nation's capital. But many people reported the snowflakes that fell on their winter jackets actually looked like tiny, icy, six-pointed stars of David. And seeing these made them feel better, especially after the last eight weeks of feeling isolated and feeling constantly on the defensive in school, at work, and on social media. Montreal Rabbi Ruben Pupko helped set the tone. He just returned from a two-and-a-half-day tour of southern Israel. But, you know, Hamas says that they are strong because they value death and that we're weak because we value life. That they value death is clear to all. But one thing they forgot, one thing they forgot about us, we are the sons and daughters of King David. We are the sons and daughters of Samson and Joshua. We are the sons and daughters of Judah Maccabee. We are the sons and daughters of Bar Kokhba. We are the sons and daughters of Mordechai and Alevish and Sivya Lubetkin. We are the sons and daughters of Hannah Senesh. We are the sons and daughters of Yoni Netanyahu. We are the sons and daughters of heroes and fighters. We were here before you, and we will be here after you. Am Yisrael Chai. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Wednesday, December the 6th, 2023. Welcome to the CJN Daily, a podcast of the Canadian Jewish News, sponsored by Metropia. If you were at the rally for the Jewish people, you'll have heard firsthand what it was like. But for those who didn't attend, I want to bring you some of the speeches and also some of the personal reflections from people who did make the trip to Ottawa. Please let our son's sacrifice not be in vain. Please that was the voice of Raquel Luck of Montreal. Her son Alexandre was murdered by Hamas at the Nova Music Festival on October 7th. The bereaved mother and father took to the stage to call on the Canadian government and others to do more to get the remaining hostages out and to oppose terror. We will not allow Jew hatred to foster in our society and that we will work tirelessly for a world 
where every life is valued and every person can live without fear. We will continue to speak up and rally against injustice. Rally organizers told us that no federal party leaders were invited to participate because they wanted to keep this event from becoming political. But Seja says all the leaders certainly knew about it. The only one who did turn up was conservative leader Pierre Polievre. He mingled with the crowd but didn't speak. His deputy leader, Thornhill MP Melissa Landsman, did. She revealed that she was outraged at all the anti-Semitism manifesting itself in Canada since October 7th. I want you to know that this isn't over. That this isn't over until the 137 hostages come home. It is not over until the boycott of Jewish businesses, the targeting of Jewish schools, the shootings and the firebombings of synagogues. It is not over until those who commit those crimes are behind bars. It is not over until the, uh, until the organizations who purport to stand up for women's rights recognize that the brutal sexual violence and rape against Israeli women is not resistance, it's barbarism. And there is no defense of this. And that's why they deny it. It is not over until the professors and the, and the university administrators who wrap themselves in woke progressive ideology, who have created an environment where Jewish students feel unsafe, are fired for standing with terrorism rather than civilization. And it is not over. It is not over until every politician in this country condemned the faceless, mask-wearing, screaming mobs who are illegally inciting hatred in our street. It is not over, especially until every city hall and every public square do not succumb to the anti-Semitic mobs and they put two menorahs up and they let that fire burn. The Liberal MP from Mount Royal, Anthony Housefather, revealed he's been personally angry because of the spike in hate crimes targeting Jews in his hometown of Montreal. And so let me tell you what I'm grateful for this Hanukkah. I'm grateful that 2023 is not 1943. I'm grateful that Israel exists and has an army to fight back against those who launched a pogrom. I am grateful that in Canada, our Jewish community is 400,000 strong, and we live in a country where we've contributed beyond measure, and we've been given opportunities that our ancestors never dreamed of. Today, there are eight Jewish members of the House of Commons and three of the Senate. The leader of the government in the House and in the Senate and the deputy leader of the opposition are all Jewish. But much more importantly, we have non-Jewish allies People like Marco Mendicino and Michelle Rempel and Dini Kader and all of you out there who are not from the Jewish community who are standing with us in solidarity. I'm grateful that we have a history of both liberal and conservative governments who stand with our friend and ally Israel and with Jewish Canadians. And I'm grateful that we live in a country where Canadians often tell pollsters that Jews are the group of relig the religious group they admire the most. We are strong. Our organizations are strong. This is the, our country, and we will not let a small group intimidate us or scare us. Our community has been in Canada since 1760, and we will be here long after those haters are gone. Am Yisrael Chai. 
Myrna Yezer flew to Montreal from Halifax, then boarded a chartered bus to go to Ottawa. Yezer is very active in her own community, but it was the first time the retired nurse had ever attended such a demonstration. She joins me with her daughter-in-law, Julie Kristoff, who also went. What did it mean to you, uh, Myrna, to do this? Besides the fact that you get to see your grandkids, that's a bonus. <laughs> oh, you picked up on that, did you? <laughs> because it was something that I could actually do to show my support for Israel. I really, in my heart, would love to get on a plane and go and help and volunteer, but I can't really do that right now. But this was something that I could do, that I could be a part of. I actually have never been to a rally before, so that this one was for Israel was really special for me. I've been feeling really downhearted and sad about everything that's been happening, both worldwide and in Israel. And seeing all the flags and the signs they were passing out on the bus and the and the pins and it it was just an incredible experience. Myrna, what's it like for you living in the Maritimes? You know, are you experiencing uh, anti-Semitism in the Maritimes, or you know, do you see protests personally in Halifax? Absolutely. There, I live near the the downtown area near the Public Gardens. And I believe we can hear what goes on. And there were protesters there yelling and screaming because from, even from our apartment, we can hear them. And it's, it's very frightening and it's very, very disturbing. I have other relatives who have like a 15, 16-year-old uh, son and, and he's experiencing anti-Semitism from his classmates in his school. It's frightening. And the one maybe among the other bright signs today, we got the news that uh, Moncton had reversed its decision. So I think that that was a little something positive. Okay, I'm going to bring in uh, your your daughter-in-law, Julie. Why did you go, aside from keeping an eye on, you know? <laughs> no, I, I had planned to go before I even knew um, Myrna was coming into town. Why did I go? Um, I mean, in short, I think... So I'm a daughter of a Holocaust survivor. My dad turned 89 on Saturday. And he's the least surprised at any of this because he has known that there's underlying Jew hatred from the get-go, but we were all living in a halcyon days, I guess. And uh, I always wondered how the Holocaust happened, how the silence, how the changing of the narrative, how the Jew blaming could lead to, you know, the Holocaust and the genocide that actually happened. Um, and I don't want to be quiet. You know, it's really like we have to speak. The reason Moncton changed their mind is because people spoke, people wrote, people called from all over the world and said, no, it's not acceptable. We are part of Canada and Canada is not a place where this kind of discrimination happens. Look at our honor, even our honorable prime minister for all his flaws. That is what he's saying. Everybody has a right to be here and has a right to practice their religion, you know, in peace. And uh, I don't think we can be quiet. So I think we have to come together when we can, um, how we can, how we feel comfortable and make noise, not in a violent way. It was very peaceful, but we have to have bodies and voices to show that we're just not going anywhere. 
what were the two, I'm going to ask each of you and you, either of you can go, one thing that stuck out, one image or speaker that really resonates with you that you'll come away with from something that happened? I think for me, it was poignant to listen to the family of um, somebody who was murdered on the one hand, and then to see, hear the support of uh, an indigenous individual and I forget what other communities were represented. Oh, the Ukrainian yeah, community. Yeah, Ukrainian. There was... Yeah, and it was interesting. There was one lady there that had an unusual wooden formation that she was holding up, and she was Greek. She's of a... Like, she was Christian, and a practicing Christian who has visited Israel and believes that that's where, you know... And... Um, uh, other than, than hearing the speeches, just to be among the thousands of people, the variety of the ages, the young and the old, the school kids and, and, and the grandparents and, and the, all the flags that were waving and, and the signage, it just filled me with pride. That's interesting. There's, I, you know, well, we know that there's a minority of, of, people within the Jewish community, people who say they're Jewish, who are not in support and who speak out against Israel, etc. I think the majority of the Jewish community has come to a place where whatever barriers might have existed before. And I think now, if you're a Jew, you're a Jew, <laughs> right? Like it's kind of broken down some of the barriers that might have stood stood between whether it was language or where you come from or socioeconomic, like whatever those things were that might have caused friction or division within the community. I, I think those have largely disappeared. I mean, we, we don't know what's going to happen, but, you know, whether you're Sephardic or Iraqi or, or Ashkenazi, it really right now I don't, I don't think it matters. Like I walked by somebody who was, was waving a flag when we were walking towards Parliament Hill. I said, oh, hey, Jew. And she was like, oh, hey, Jew. <laughs> You're a Jew. That's so nice, right? Like there's like something very comforting in being around people. Like we're really a small minority of people. We're small in number. And it's terrifying, right? It's terrifying for us. It's terrifying for our kids who are in the university setting. My son is 19. It's terrifying to see how much vile rhetoric comes out of people's mouths, right? Especially online and in that forum. So I think when, when you're among people who have a similar uh, or the same, you know, same, similar narrative and similar support and similar belief in the existence of Israel, there's something very um, comforting there and very unifying. For many Canadian children of Holocaust survivors, the October 7th massacre has been even more traumatic to live through than for Jews without direct family experience of Nazi Germany, which is partly why Montrealer's Lucy Shapiro and her friend Judy Litvak took time out from their real estate business to go to Ottawa on a bus. My name is Judy Litvak. I'm born and raised in Montreal. I still live there. I went to the rally because I think it's very important to have a sense of community and support during these very difficult times, which have been very traumatic and destabilizing for many of us. So the sense of community is very uplifting. I also wanted to see 
what the response was going to be by our political leaders in Ottawa. And it was, unfortunately, with one small exception or a couple of small exceptions, quite disappointing. Who did you hope would show up and who didn't show up? I had hoped that at least one leader of a major political party would have come. So tell me, Lucy, a bit about who you are and why you went. So I'm also born and raised in Montreal. I'm the child of Holocaust survivors. And by the way, so is Judy. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that makes what's going on since October 7th so visceral because we both grew up with stories of of horror in the past. And um, although sometimes someone who didn't grow up with those stories wouldn't have jumped to such a conclusion, that this, you know, we're going we're to be enduring very, very difficult times as Jews. I think children like us know full well what's to come when you see the signs. It's like a radar. And um, the fact that our parents and our, and our relatives and our ancestors could not go out and protest in the street because it just wasn't the way in the 30s. And it was state-sponsored while this Hamas butchery is not state-sponsored anywhere else in the world, we have the right to go out and have our voices heard, and so I think it's very important to come out and do that. To Lucy's point about being children of Europeans, my parents loved Canada and they were appreciative of what Canada offered them and their families. My, fa- my mother was a survivor. My father came before the war. He was in the RCAF for six years and I think they would be shocked, but unfortunately not surprised. I think, to, again, to Lucy's point, both our families that lived through World War II lived in a very um, assimilated, mixed environment. They lived no differently than we do today. They had all the creature comforts that we appreciate today, and yet their world was torn asunder by their neighbors and their friends, people who they had had dinner parties with, were turning them in. There were people who saved them who also put themselves at great risk. But we know how fragile our stability is here in Canada and elsewhere. I know that two speakers specifically pointed out that it's not 1943 all over again because Israel is alive and Israel's strong. And we have allies that some of the speakers said. I'm not saying we, but you know what I mean? They, they said that. Did that? How did that resonate yeah. with you? Did that give you comfort? Is that how you're feeling? Or are you still, like you said just now, still feeling like you have to have one suitcase out the door? On October 7th, I already had a, a packed suitcase, to be perfectly honest. And, and my gut reaction was, I think we all have to move to Israel. And that was immediate. That was my immediate instinct. And I think my biggest reason for coming here, and I went to Washington as well, um, was because we, we have freedom to do it. And as long as we have the freedom to do it, we should do it. What I would tell you is that downtown Montreal, where we both live, I don't feel unsafe, but there are protests several times a week, loud, vocal, near-violent, near-violent protests, yeah. as opposed to... What we had in Ottawa, which was almost a love-in, I'm going to be very honest with you. There was singing, there was camaraderie. I had the people around me who I had never met before when I left. Mm-hmm. They are now my yeah. best friends. Yeah. One of the gentlemen identified himself a, as a Christian who came from uh, Belleville, Ontario, and he and I chatted 
it had nothing to do with religion I just or faith. It had to do with feeling supported during these very difficult times. And yet, when we lived downtown, and Lucy, you've been there, the downtown in Montreal is just chaos when these guys come out. Chaos. It is. You're being very kind. I want to swing back to today's rally. Each of you, could you tell me the one uh, person that spoke or one scene that sticks out to you you're going to remember? Uh, I think the one who really um, affected me was Nate Leipziger. Oh, he was amazing. Um, who I know personally. I mean, when Holocaust survivors see what's going on today and in their lifetime, thinking they moved to Canada, miles away from where they came, worlds away from their experience, and they're, and they're seeing this unfolding again, and that the political leaders are allowing it to happen, and that honestly, I mean, you can quote this, I don't care, that Trudeau didn't come there and stand with democracy at this at this rally. Trudeau wasn't there, Chrystia Freeland wasn't there. None of them were there. Their absence was, was more powerful than them being there, let's put it that way. So I want to ask you before we end, what do you do with this feeling that you've gone, where does the energy go now for you? What's What are you going to do about it? Well, for me, going to something like this is like being a first-hand witness and, and telling people about it. I just got off the phone with a client who's not Jewish, and I told him where I was and what I did, and the power of 25,000 people like us and others, not just Jews, were there. I told him that and how incredible that was. And, you know, you have to spread the word. I also feel like we have, I'm speaking for Lucy here, I'm, for, I'm we're both very proud to be Jews. We don't walk into a room and announce it right away. But both Lucy and I independently, and our friend Lynn independently, all went out and bought Stars of David to wear. It's not that anybody doesn't know that I'm a Jew, but I now wear it. And I think it's important for us to do that. I think it's important for us not to shy away from food. We are not it. Yeah, 100%. You know what? I have two sons who are a little more observant than I am, and I fear for them because they observe Shabbat, and I fear for them in the streets. One lives in New York, one lives in London, Ontario, and I fear for them when they walk around. I tell them, you know... They wear kippot. They wear kippot on, well, on, on Shabbat. It scares me, and actually one of them was wearing his kippot just on a plane last week, and I, and I was scared for him. We should not be scared for our children wearing kippot. <laughs> I also caught up with some teenagers who attend Tannenbaum Chat High School, and they were among 700 students that the school sent to Ottawa. Jacqueline Charlotte and Galit Bell were on the bus. They had attended the march on Washington as well three weeks ago, where there were 14 times as many people. But the teens felt it's even more important to do this one in their own country. Tell me, first of all, why you decided that this is something you wanted to do, leave school, get the day off, and, and go to Ottawa. So I went to the Washington rally, and this was also, it's not even more important for me to attend. I think really because it was in Canada, and I was representing my country, and, you know, to unite um, and to be with the rest of the Jews. It was a really special experience and I thought that it was really important to represent the Jews in Canada and to tell the Israeli Jews and the people suffering in Israel that we are allies that were with them, were thinking of them. Okay, Gully, did you also go to Washington, by the way? Um, yes, I did. Um, I went a couple weeks ago, obviously. I think both were very meaningful. I think the 
Congress Washington was a little more meaningful, as to a lot more people who attended. So just you felt the big Canadian rally. I think that the Canadian rally in a different way was also nicer as there's a smaller Jewish community in Canada. So it was really nice to see everyone come together. Just it was a lot of nice to Fine. I know you go to Chad and Chad itself had in the early days of the Israel-Hamas war, you had some security issues. Jacqueline, were you at all? Yes. So when there is actually, it was more recently the bomb threat, which I think was one of the scariest events. I was on a Shabbaton, so I wasn't actually at school, but just hearing from friends and teachers, it was extremely terrifying and something that, you know, any Jewish school, any school at all should not have to you know, experience. So I think that was definitely seeing the impact of what's going on in Israel globally. But yeah, that was definitely one of the scariest incidences. Have you planned to go to Israel or have you been to Israel before? I want to ask you, uh, Galit. Yeah, I was actually just there a month before everything started um, for a friend's wedding. And that was my, I actually just made Aliyah to Israel. And I plan to go this summer too. So hopefully that happens. Are you going to do a gap year? Is that what you're thinking, Galit? No, I'm in grade 10. But when I am going to get to grade 12, hopefully there will be a gap year. What about you, Jacqueline? Are you going to do a gap year, do you think now? What's your plan for? I actually, funny you said that. That's definitely something that I want to do. And especially since October 7th, my urge and desire to go to Israel and spend the year there has just increased immensely. And I'm very excited to hopefully be there. Tell me one thing that from coming to the rally today. Um... I think the speaker that was most, you know, impactful for me was the Holocaust survivor. I think that was definitely a tearjerker for me. It was just incredible in a good and bad way to see him there and speak and show his voice. But yeah, that was definitely someone who stood out. How about for you, Gully? It was nice to hear everyone speak, especially the Christian. I thought it was very nice to hear like a different perspective on the October 7th attack that they like they're agreeing with us and that they stand against anti-Semitism and against the and against terrorism and against everything Hamas stands for. So that was just nice to you. Just something to add. She was actually one of the first who mentioned um God and like presence and said, guys, there is there is an Elohim, there is a God that he's with us and you know we're not alone. And I thought it it really meant a lot, especially from a non-Jew, to acknowledge that, you know, there is someone who's, you know, running the show, who's helping us, who will, you know, bring us out of this terror. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. We'll end the show with the words from 95-year-old Nate Leipziger, a Canadian Holocaust survivor from Toronto who gave the rally-goers their marching orders now that the event is done. And together we shall defeat our enemies. Israel is at war, a war which it shall win. Our enemies are fighting Israel not only with arms, but using its innocent civilians as their shields. They're waging a psychological war, a war in the court of public opinion with propaganda, 
false information and lies. This is where we come in. We in the diaspora are not powerless. We shall fight the terrorist propaganda and false narrative with truth and accuracy. We shall fight our enemies wherever they are with the full might of the law. We shall fight for human rights as we have fought for others. Jewish human rights are also human rights. We stand proud as with Israel, as Jews, as Zionists, and we shall prevail. And we shall go on March of the Living to Auschwitz-Birkenau to show the world that we are here and we are not defeated. I'm Israel High. The Dunfield Retirement Residence offers customized living options to complement your independent, active lifestyle. Welcome home. Welcome to the Dunfield. Visit us at thedunfield.com to book a personal tour.